0: Jeff, you're welcome to partake.
1: You know, Jeff, dude, I think the internet would shit its pants if I if I lit
0: one Whoa, up right you'd here. Oh, die! Right? Oh man,
2: <laughs> Jeff, listen, be I mean, let's, let's do it. I'm gonna use it for the. I'm gonna wait for the interview to just say this.
0: All right, you guys ready? Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Hot Box, and I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. We got a great guest today, Mike.
2: Big time. We're getting great guests. The better, the better. We, better and we better. just
0: get the best people in here, man. We've got Jeff Nowitzki, a.k.a. the Golden
2: Snitch. <laughs> oh no, that, that's not a Golden Snitch. That's, he's a discoverer of people that's doing devilish and, wish- and wicked things. Ooh. People that are hurting people
0: physically. I like that interpretation, yeah. dude. Well, Jeff, it's great to have you, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys, great man. To I have appreciate you it. It's an honor. It's an honor to be here so with you, So, Jeff,
2: this is um explain your situation to the people. Who are you, Jeff?
1: Yeah, so my current role, I'm the, the vice president of athlete health and performance with the UFC. My uh, my main role with the UFC is I oversee what I believe is the world's best anti doping program in professional sports. Um, and I based that not off of opinion but off of experience. Before I came to the UFC, I was a federal agent in the United States for about 23 years and about halfway through my career ran into an investigation called Balco Laboratories and it turned out to be one of the highest profile performance enhancing drug distribution cases really in the world. Um, and so thereafter, I be, kind of became that point person where anybody, not only in the U.S., but really worldwide, anytime you saw somebody investigating something that came across steroids or growth hormones or things in sports, inevitably they'd call me up and just ask for advice on how I worked my case. So really the last 12, 13 years of my career I mean, I talked to agents in the United States and Spain and France and Australia. Anytime anybody came across something, they'd usually pick up the phone to call me to get my advice on what they were seeing and potentially how to work it. So former athlete myself, I mean, I was just fascinated by it, fascinated by what these drugs can do, fascinated by the temptations that these athletes felt to do it. And there's a lot of temptations out there. And listen,
2: I don't even blame the athletes. You know, I can't blame them. You know what this is going to give you? going give you your dreams. Mm. This is going to give you your dreams. I'll put you so close to your dreams, you're, you're going to get them. You're going to touch them. It's just, um, it's hard to even say no because this is what, and this is the truth. Um, If an athlete, very few athletes that could say, I just want to see if I'm better than him. It's clean. I just want to see if I'm better than him. Man for man, can I beat him? You know, we want to believe that, but we have, but... I can make sure I'm better if I take this, though. I guarantee me to be better. You know, it's tough for us because some of us don't like to don't like to touch who we really are. We're really, really winners or losers. Sometimes we doubt who we are, even though we are that great energy. We doubt it sometimes. So, um, it could be it could be like um, it's easier to say this. Take this. This would be easier. Yeah. And make me better. Yeah. But then you find people that you say, I won't take it. I think I'm the best in the world. If no one could beat me. I'm going to fight them without it.
0: So, Jeff, you really focused, have or at least, you know, much of your career has been focused on performance enhancing drugs.
1: Correct. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely 100 percent agree with Mike. And a lot of people are surprised with that. You know, people ask me, like, oh, you must all these athletes must think that, they, you know, you hate them. They're wrong. I'm exactly in Mike's camp. I completely got why they made that decision. And, you know, if I'm in my early 20s and I'm a professional baseball player in the late 90s and I see what's going on in baseball and I'm coming up from the minor leagues into that major league clubhouse for the you first time. You come from shit. Exactly. You
2: come from shit. Your family yeah. don't have no money. You're on a farm. You're just fucking, you know, from shit. You're from shit.
1: And it's my dream to play in the major leagues. And I realized very quickly that unless I get on this program, I am, my time here is limited and, and the reward for having a great season, millions of dollars. You come from you know that type of background. It completely changes your life, your family's life. Man, who is not going to make that? You know, take It would be the rare person that would not choose to and go And it's
2: abundance that. of money and everything out here, and there's enough money for everybody to have over and over again, and still we don't have it. And you think I won't take that chance?
0: Yeah, man. Oh, I remember playing in the NFL, You know, making it to the league, and then, you know, performance-enhancing drugs in the NFL are, I, I didn't see many guys taking them. I think the policy in the league is strict enough at least to catch the common ones. There might be some guys doing HGH or some undetectable stuff. Maybe you can talk a little bit, speak to that about, you know, what is detectable and what isn't. Um But, you know, for me it was like, some of these guys I looked up to my whole life as a young player, doing everything clean, coming into the league. You know now guys are I'm being taken by a veteran into the training room to get a shot at tour it all before the game because yeah. that's just the way it's done. Yeah. Come on, come get this shot. You'll feel like a million bucks. 100. You'll feel like you can run through a wall. <laughs>
1: What, you, know. you know, one thing I notice—it's very evident with the NFL—is that you know, and, and I see this, and I've talked to athletes. There's constantly a risk-reward calculation going on in their heads. The rewards are obvious. These, there's no doubt about it. Anybody who says like, ah, steroids, growth hormone doesn't really work, is full of shit. They don't know what they're talking about. It works, yeah, as good as you can imagine it working. So, you know. Play that off what the penalty is in the NFL. For the first time now in the NFL, it's a four-game suspension. So you're yeah. missing a quarter of the Listen, year. Listen, what I yeah. use? That's nothing.
2: I lose. Um, this is something I use because um, a lot of times I always hurt. I got old and I start getting aches and my back start hurting. I hurt my hands. I fractured my hands, Sprain my hands. But um, I say it hurts me. I can't train. That's the only purpose. I'm fighting with a broken hand, but I have to get in shape. Mm. So I do this thing called fentanyl. Oh. whoa I can box with a broken hand
0: I can, I can box patches. you with a
2: sprained leg I can fight I can train I can get in shape fucked up with broken bones yeah you know but um when it wears off I'm gonna throw up Blah. it's like yeah. it's like heroin Blah. I'm getting yeah. to get sick you know I hate the fact of throwing up but I can I can, I can get through the sparring session I can get through this workout for a fucking what 60 days whatever it is yeah um six weeks I can get through this fucking workout yeah. Defending no, all I can get to, it. I won't feel shit. I feel like a god. I'm moving around, it's just incredible, but it's gonna kill me.
1: Yeah, exactly. I some shit, I feel yeah. like
2: God, but this thing is gonna kill me. Yeah. They put a hole in my foot. I used to always pat it under my foot and put my sock on it, and eventually it, 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 just, it just irritated a little hole through my foot. Fuck. The patch? Yeah. <sighs> I never terrible, took man. it off. That's where I hit it. I didn't want no one to see it.
0: Yeah. Um, so the first suspension, four games. What what is it after that? I mean, I should know, but I
2: maybe doubled,
1: maybe yeah. eight, or maybe a season. But, but eventually,
0: they're point. gonna they're
2: gonna they're gonna they're gonna make um, a chemical that's gonna um, f- camouflage it. Yeah, so and, talk
1: yeah, about that. So, Mike, you're right. I mean, there are these chemists out there, and, and Balco has one They're of them. They're incredible. in the backyard somewhere. Right? They are. They make stuff in their garage Yeah, these whatever, guys are in the backyard
2: doing incredible genius shit. Unless you know
1: in anti-doping what you're looking for, you can't find it. There, for whatever drug is out there, there has to be a specific test that recognizes that drug. So what these chemists are doing is taking a steroid, a known steroid, and adding an extra – atom molecule whatever on it and it still retains the benefits of the steroid but it won't show up on a traditional test unless the science finds out about it and creates a test for it so it's a constant cat and mouse game
2: interesting i was telling um a couple of years ago i was telling him hey man i'm throwing my dick my dick is not getting hard (laughs) he said yeah you he said come over mike i got something for you i'm gonna shoot you in the head of your dick it's never gonna go down mike Oh shit! I wanted to do it so bad. I wanted to do it so bad. I was just so scared. He's no, Mike. now I'm gonna go number right on the top of your dick, Mike. It's gonna last. It's gonna last forever, Mike. It'll never go down. <laughs> I said, "Fuck!" I just wanted some Did Viagra. You do it? No, I just wanted <laughs> some Viagra or something. Or some Cialis. He's a fuck. Stick this needle in my dick. That. Oh shit. Uh, he said, Mike, don't please, Mike, trust me. I said, fuck in my tip of my <laughs> dick, I'm gonna stick this needle long needle. Fuck no. That's
0: another kind of I didn't performance I ain't want him holding my dick.
2: I gotta have him hold my dick and stop fuck no, fuck, I couldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> fuck.
1: No, was terrible, dude. Well we were talking earlier before we came in here about the Wizonator. Oh. So yes. now and and really, I mean it's I, I say this all the time, how much respect I have for our athletes because not only are they having a take a pee in front of somebody, but somebody who's up close and personal – on their knees watching that pee come right out of them <laughs> and that's because of this device that you know in the past it was a Wizenator yes. which was a prosthetic yeah it was awesome yes. with you
2: put clean urine yeah in a, I put no I put my baby's urine in it oh I'm just, my god and sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping I'm just hoping that one day I use my wife my wife said baby you better I hope that he comes back pregnant or something <laughs> yeah. and I said no nah, so I we ain't gonna use you no more we're gonna use the kids cause I got scared that the piss might come back pregnant like you're pregnant yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that's happened before in the it world did? of Ant- I think a male Yo, um, provided Alina. a urine sample and they came back and said Sir uh you're pregnant. yeah listen, you're pregnant was, or this is something that's what I was afraid
2: urine. of. I guess I did hear that happen in a sense so I was afraid of that. Dude. Yes.
1: Well, did you have the right color, Wizinator? Because it was that NFL guy. Yeah, hell, guy, hell black yeah. Black dude that had a white I had a one. The yeah, yeah. I
2: had this brown one. Who that was had, that? I heard that story. But this guy, this guy was so fucking macho. He was scared. I whacked it out. And he was like, hey, <laughs> man, take the fucking cup. You know, this macho guy, he don't look at me and shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to play those dudes, yeah. man. Yeah, it's the worst job
1: in the oh, world. Oh, it man. is, man. Not a, so our testers, not only are they closely observing you know, our athletes in a very intimate way, they're waking our athletes up five, yes. six in the morning because, as we talked about earlier, in a good, solid anti-doping program, you could never know when the tester's coming. Yeah. Could be early at night. Could be late at, or early See, in the morning. that comes from at night. the
2: prison system. Yeah. Mate. They learned that from the prison system because that's what they do in the prison. They never let you know. They come when you're sleeping. Dumb, dumb. A drug test on, you? Come on, drug test you. Piss right here. Really? Yeah, <laughs> right here. Wake up. Get a piss right here. Wow.
1: Could you Could you imagine having to be that guy or girl? I mean, we have some of the toughest individuals on the planet Earth and some of the baddest yeah. areas on yeah. the planet Earth they live in. Showing knocking up. on somebody's door in a bad neighborhood at 5. Yeah. Nothing. There's not ever any good news when someone's knocking on your door at 5 or 6 no, in the morning. No, not Never. a good thing. And
0: some of them probably yeah.
2: knock on the door from on the side and knock No on door. doubt.
1: <laughs> in training camp, they come pound on your door at about 4.30 in the morning. Check out that We had an instance two weeks ago. So one of our fighters knock on the door. I think it's five thirty six a.m. Opens it up, and this woman says, hey, I'm here to take your blood. So this guy's like, okay, this is a, probably a UFC test. Come on in. So he starts giving the blood and starts noticing, man, this isn't usually how this happens. Oh, and she's shit. taking a shitload of blood out of me. So he goes, this is more than, uh, than you normally take, isn't it? And she goes, oh, John, don't worry. And he goes, John, John. He goes, my name's Dan.
2: Oh, no, get the fuck out no. the wrong house. The fuck, I wouldn't believe it if you would. Had- oh, she had the, the wrong house, no. I swear to
1: God. It was oh. the same number but the next street over. What are the fucking odds that someone at 6 in the morning is there to collect blood and the person's used to it? Uh, yeah, I mean, just, that would uh, never happen in a million years. That's a nightmare, crazy. dude. Talk about,
0: like, first of all, I'm curious what the UFC's policy is because you said that you watched... Uh, Henry's episode, Cejudo. I did. Yep. Uh, you know, we love Cody Garbrandt here. He's a yeah, good Yeah, what friend. happens
2: to Cody after all that stuff? Now, this guy beats me. He's using shit. Yeah. He beats me. Now we find that he's yeah. 30. What happens to me? How do I get that title? How do I get a fight with him that he's clean? How do he get that belt removed? How do I get my title back? Because I wasn't beat... Fairly,
1: yeah. Mm. So, I mean, TJ's belt was removed. He, you know, gave uh, it up. Yeah, even but before. what happened
2: for me? Yeah,
1: yeah. For, for T. I mean, that's a question for for Cody. That's a question for Dana. But I mean, I would assume based on Does what happened that statistic? he's right back in the picture again. Yeah, you did know. he become
2: number one to Katenda?
1: Yeah, again, that that's in Dana's world, not necessarily mine. But that'd be my yeah. guess. Absolutely, right? Yeah. So, talk about EPO.
0: Yep, that's that is um, similar to.
1: Blood that is blood doping. That's
0: like yeah, oxygenating the blood.
2: you won't catch cramps and shit.
1: No, so you want more red blood cells in your body because that carries more oxygen to your muscles and allows you to work harder and longer and allows you to recover quicker. Um that's is that the,
2: dangerous to you? Does it hurt to the if, folks? If you, you have,
1: have, yeah, the danger with blood doping and EPO mm-hmm. is the more red blood cells you have, the thicker your blood becomes. And if you have any type of blockage mm-hmm. in your body, you know, in a vein or whatever, it can, that, those red blood cells can block it up quick. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a great example of this. So in, in professional cycling, EPO kind of came on the scene in the late 80s. And what these cyclists were realizing was, holy shit, like I'll pinch, you know, I'll prick myself with a needle and the blood barely even comes out because it's so thick. So they would set alarms for three in the morning, have a tall glass of water next to the red, wake up, chug the water and get on the floor and do, you know, 30 or 40 pushups in order to keep their blood circulating for fear of my blood's becoming so thick it's going to clog up. Wow. I mean, so super, super dangerous if you're not doing it right, and get that red blood cell count up too high. That
0: sounds terrible. There
1: were some cyclists good. in the late '80s that were dying. I mean, some of the best in shape athletes on the planet dying in their late 20s and early 30s of strokes wow. and heart attacks. Now, listen, wow!
2: Listen, no what's so ironic Fuck when you that. say something like that. When you're just an average, you know, when you're, if you're an average person, like a young athlete or something, a uh, young person, then you're thinking, you not even thinking about yeah. the athlete. You're not that conscious yet, mm-hmm. and just think about it. Would I give up? Um, say I'm 20. I'm gonna die at 50. 50's fucking old. Anything. I got 30 fucking years to do it. Do I? Would I rather die at 30 and live the life of a god? Yeah.
1: Yep. There's a there's a famous poll they take every four years at the Olympics, and they ask Olympic athletes where I came
2: that- from. Glory. Yeah, I want glory. I don't even want some money. let's give me some glory. Mm. Other than it's being fucking abnormal, it's a normal motherfucker in the hood. Just give me glory. Don't even have to give me money. Just give me somebody to know my name and pat me on my back.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They they polled the Olympic athletes every four years, saying if there was a pill that allowed you to make win a gold medal, oh, but would take ten to twenty years off your life, would you choose yeah. to do that? Oh, and okay. every year majority 90 percent yes. like hell yeah wow. we, don't,
2: we don't even have kids yet yeah. we don't yeah. even know the concept of loving our kids more than when we love ourselves yet yeah when we get that concept by concept of life change we want our life we want to spend time with this child did you ever take any performance enhancers mike i take fucking um i did marijuana yeah
0: well, talk about that, Jeff, because you're, you're actually an advocate for CBD, and you guys, I think, have one of the most forward-thinking policies
1: on it, as far yeah. as I can tell. Yeah, so just it was like last year, the year before, CBD became allowed to take at all times, so there's, our fighters can take it you know, without restriction any time. Marijuana or THC only tested for in the in-competition period, which would be weigh-in day or fight day. And
2: there's a threshold. I did use fucking enhancing drugs. Every time I used it, I got my ass kicked. Really? Yeah, I got fucked up. I think somebody gave me the wrong drugs or something. He faked me out there with enhancing, and it wasn't. The anti steroids. Yeah, they fucked me up. I think they lied. A lot of people used to lie, fucking steal, and shit.
0: Well, on that note, I think they do make your body weaker, uh, you know, in the long term. You know, with ligaments and joints, you know, they put more stress on it because the muscles grow so fast that they're out of proportion with the structural system around it.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yes, yeah, so I would think the bone would break easier because yeah, it's kind of maintaining that fucking muscle weight that's abnormal at this particular stage of my life. I'm not supposed to be carrying this much muscle. Yep.
1: Yeah. You see that all the time and it makes me question somebody with a terrible hamstring, you know, tear that's torn right off the tendon. You wonder. Back, yeah, the muscles back. Con- continue to grow and the tendons don't. Yeah.
0: Me and the Hot and crew are very excited for this new year because we've got some awesome things popping off. We have new Hotbox and t-shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, and more coming to the Hotboxing shop. Go to HotBoxingPodcast.com and sign up for the all-new Hot and Hot Sheet where we will send you discount codes the second our new merch is in stock. Sign up for the hot Box and Hot Sheet at hotboxandpodcast.com and make 2020 your little bitch. You said something earlier that I thought was interesting uh, on the THC
1: side of things, which is there is a threshold. It's 150 nanograms per milliliter. Now, that may not mean much That's to the non-scientists, good. but you know um, it's probably... What we recommend to our fighters is if you stop using it, you know, the problem is everybody metabolizes differently. So it's I'd hate to tell, you know, Mike's one of our fighters says, Hey, Jeff, when should I stop, you know, using? And I tell him a week. He just happens to metabolize differently and he pops, then it's on me. So I'm always out of an abundance of caution, giving them a little longer window. Um, But the reality is, you know, a week or two likely would, you know, put you under that limit. I'd love to see something, you know, along the lines of, like alcohol i mean you could never you're not allowed to be drunk to go in and box or fight mma but you're not tested for alcohol listen
2: listen, um you got inspectors in the locker room fighters that didn't they've been on they can't fight without drinking they got to be drunk to fight they can't they don't got the nerve they don't have the nerve they got to be drunk world champion they got to be drunk can't do this shit nigga without no motherfucking alcohol i'm my right hander god
0: I've seen guys take shots of alcohol. Frankie Randle, world champion, beat games. Chavez,
2: first guy to beat Chavez. Chavez had a record like 89 and oh, the first guy to be an alcoholic. Wow.
1: Crazy. So while we have a threshold, and this is an interesting story, I found this out yesterday in a uh, connection here to Mike. So while we have this threshold, so you can have some in your system, it just can't be over an amount. Some states where we go, the athletic commissions have rules where you can have none. And you know what's, whose state still has a no tolerance rule? No. Where did you test positive for marijuana? Detroit. State? Michigan. Really? We still go to Michigan and they don't allow one ounce or iota of THC for marijuana, which is fucking ridiculous. You could smoke a joint a month before the fight and yeah. still well, have some that, in your they, system. They do
2: that because they want to collect the money. It's all financial.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe a little of that. It may just them trying to you know impose their moral ignorant. issues they're very intelligent. on.
2: They're not ignorant
1: people. Just, there's no place in. You know, an anti-doping program. In an anti-doping program, you're trying to create a fair and level playing field. What difference does it make if somebody, you know, smokes something a month out? What difference, in my opinion, does it make if someone's nervous and can't sleep the night before a competition? Yeah, what happened to me. And uses some marijuana to just relax yeah, himself and sleep. I couldn't
2: get, the guy got me nervous. He's really big and shit, and he got me, and he got me nervous.
1: That's not giving you an advantage the next night yeah, when no. you're going to fight. It's if, just if, It should be
0: debilitating, if anything, yeah, you know? Right. Um, so are, so fighters are, are they tested the day of the fight? So they can be tested the day of the fight, the night of
1: the fight, the day, but they can be
0: tested any, any time. It's okay. Um. But you said something interesting earlier as well about how THC, the concern is that maybe having THC in your system during the fight could help you endure more damage.
1: That's at least the theory. I mean, I don't know That's whether there's weight to that because, I mean, I've yeah. never – never, I'm not a fighter, so I wouldn't i wouldn't know.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. W- what do you think? Listen, I know this, right? This is what I know. I know if three of us all had altercations with one another and we put some liquor in this room, we'd kill each other. You know, and I know if we all had altercation and we started smoking some weed, we'd all start taking selfies with one another <laughs> and shit, right? I Man, fuck that shit. I love you, man. That shit was bullshit. <laughs> you know, and I, used to, I used to know that because I'd been in that situation. I saw what the effects of both of them do. And that's all I know from that perspective.
1: But how would it relate to you competing, to fighting another? Another human being. How do you? Mike think- has an interesting story about it.
2: Like would you say if I'm smoking weed? Yeah. Do
1: you think it would help
0: you? Do you Absolutely, think it would help 100%. In, with anxiety? Like 100. But listen, that's yeah. why
2: I smoked. Cause I was a little, little too paranoid the sure. night before, so I smoked the night before to get some rest and cool out. Yeah. You know, I believe it helps me. Yeah. I was relaxed in the fight. The fight, I broke the guy's eye socket, his cheekbone, his back, his rib, because he turned around while I was throwing punches, and um, I was calm, relaxed. Yeah. You know, and it was um. I know it's really soothing. Yeah, really I mean soothing. that's
1: that's the same story I get from from our fighters. Absolutely, but I I just and it's interesting because I've had you know I've had talks with well, the Nevada State Athletic Commission, Bob Bennett, who's their executive director. He's just like me, former federal agent, and you know I think they've had some preliminary discussions about hey, why don't we just get rid of marijuana to be tested altogether? I mean yeah. it's, it's legal in Nevada, yeah. so there's because
2: no. You notice this is when it's really bad. Listen, this is when it gets bad. Listen, um. When it comes to drug, because when it comes to drug tests, you know, I mean, we could all beat cocaine. We could all beat cocaine drug testing. You have to stay away from it for three days, or so. We could beat that, right? But for weed, we got forty-five days. Yeah, yeah. we gotta wait forty-five days in our system, and I think it stays in our system because it belongs. there. weed comes out. I mean, cocaine comes out because it doesn't belong there. Our Body's trying to get rid of it.
0: Mm. You know. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting theory, dude. Yeah. No, that's real. T- we trying yeah. to get rid of it. Well, we produce Yeah. Them. yeah. To do different things yeah. in our bodies anyway. Yeah. Endogenous cannabinoids that help us with our appetite
2: and our sleep rhythms and this, our mood. This and makes pain. us hungry. This we do some cocaine, nigga, we shut down. Boom. All of our senses <laughs> shut down. Yeah. We don't hear nothing, we don't see nothing. It's all illusion the illusions and shit. We don't hear shit, see shit, and we're on some fucking energy we don't even know about. Yeah. I don't, about- <laughs> don't care about nobody. I don't care about nobody
1: terms of things that aren't supposed to be in your body, I think this is real hypocritical in the world of anti-doping is Xanax, Ambien, some of yeah. the opioids – we talked about this earlier – are allowed, but you can't use a little marijuana the night before a fight to sleep. I yeah. mean that's just – that's flat out wrong, Yeah, I think. Absolutely. I mean do you
0: why,
2: think why – Why do we think that way? Why, find out why is it the greatest thinkers in that particular field, why do they think that way?
1: Well, you were I, at the FDA. I was dude. just going to bring that up. Coming from the federal government, as it comes to those things, I think the answer is big pharma. I think the interest that big pharma has in these synthetic drugs and how much money that they make for for these big pharma companies, the influence that big pharma has over lawmakers, um, they see marijuana as you know potential roadblock to their earnings potential, um, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I think yeah. I've done almost every drug I can think of. You know. <laughs> instead of probably i i, did I do crack i, I smoke crack before it just didn't affect me I did smoke meth before it just didn't fuck I just, it just it wasn't my thing it just didn't affect me right i didn't like it it wasn't my stuff right i did the I did the toad right It changed my whole perspective on life and drugs and all that shit you know it just changed everything I ever thought about drugs. It made me say drug ain't shit if it 's not like this if you can't make me feel like this, then i can't use you anymore. So what do you do with a drug like that? What do you do with a drug like the toad? Why is the toad like illegal? Mm. That's the closest thing to make you have an engagement with God.
0: Do you know? In about, my perspective, do you know about five meo DMT or DMT or yep, yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm
1: not sure. I think I guess DMT is a Schedule One. It is a Schedule One. But speaking of Schedule One, how the hell is marijuana? Yes, in the same category as crack cocaine. Crack cocaine. Methamphetamine. How, how did yeah. even, Are you yeah, kidding how me? How
2: did that even work out? Physically Look, I'm not, I'm not sitting
1: here a proponent of everybody go out and use marijuana or drugs. Yeah. But when looking at people with medical conditions, physical conditions, psychological dis- conditions, and given a choice between a purely synthetic drug that's you know, processed by the liver through the kidneys versus a natural plant where there's no evidence of the, that type of toxicity, uh, I just don't get it. It's so... You know, it's, well, it's so Nixon, backward. right. What's that? It's Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. Created the DEA in 1973. And look, I, I was in the front lines of the war on drugs mm. in America. It's not working. Yeah, Listen, We're um, 45 years into it. This
2: is what it is. Um, it's no it's no into it. It's no end to drugs and cocaine and acid and all that shit and meth. There's no end to that. That's never, never going to end. Never. It's going to be here when our great, 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 great grandkids die. It's never going anywhere.
0: Yeah. We I agree. It.
2: We make it. The yeah. toad is natural. All this shit is natural. We make it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and there, there's good, intelligent people that I work with that are working it, so it's not for lack of effort, but the, just the demand is too high. And you took a quarter of that money and put it into education, rehab for those that needed it and developed the problem. And I think you have a much better society than, than what you do now. I talk about prison overpopulation with nonviolent drug offenders. I mean marijuana being a Schedule One drug, there's instances where if you sell enough of it, you could be facing a, right. a mandatory minimum sentence of 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
2: I think society is realizing that it's that's ridiculous, and that's why we haven't. The, um, the, we're getting easier on the marijuana laws.
1: I think we're getting there. I agree with you. You
2: know, I believe it's just an overwhelming, it's an overwhelming call for a change, and I think it's just going to be it's a no brainer and they have to give. And it's almost like when the Christians became legalized religion, it was so much they just couldn't stop it. Um, Christ, um Chris, what's his name? Constantine, all the, he had to mm-hmm. turn Christian. He's just it was overcoming him, it was, it was um crush, crushing him and his children and his children's children and he couldn't stop it, so we had to make that um a religion of the country. Those in Rome? No, Constantinople. What is that? Oh Constantinople what is what is that? Um Turkey Turkey, yeah. Yeah. Mike's a history guy too, man. Awesome. Yeah. And when you think about marijuana in a form, it's like religion. It's a form of religion, yeah, marijuana. Absolutely. You know? There
0: are people who are who actually have a religion about it. What are their
2: names? <sighs> They're not the Rastafarians, are they?
0: Well, the Rastafarians, I think cannabis is a big part of their culture, but it's not like the a centerpiece. Of it. yeah, it's not the These of it. people, actually, it's like a centerpiece of their culture. I told you about that tribe in Africa, the Dogon yeah. tribe, who have a... Yearly Cannabis Celebration, and they believe that this ancient alien race from the Sirius stars came down and brought cannabis to it. Sirius are the dog stars. There's two of them, A and B. Cannabis means two dogs. So they have all these cave paintings about people from the heavens coming down to the earth and giving them this plant because it will bring them peace. And so, I mean, there are people that are fucking... into it. Yeah. Well... (laughs) It is that, though, you know, I think that there's an intelligence to all this plant life, you know, and somehow in our Western culture, we've convinced ourselves that we know better Hmm. and that we can create something better in a lab that's safer, or at least that's become profitable. So Hmm.
1: that's the direction it's gone, you know. I mean, I, I always try to look at it. You know, it's just because my world, from a sport perspective, and the reality is, you know, MMA, the UFC is probably one of the most physically grueling, yeah. damaging to your body over you know short and long term sports out there. And you know, again, I'm not a proponent of everybody going out and using things, but when you have certain conditions, you're in pain all the time, and you look at the alternatives that are out there, synthetic, man made. Toxic to the liver, kidney, versus a plant. Yeah. That you know, I think it's unquestioned that you know probably it doesn't have a lot of the addictive properties that an opioid would certainly, um, and that there's no evidence that I've ever found of toxicity. Yeah. Um, man,
2: it sure seems to me
0: like. Are there it's more just a reasonable people like you, Jeff, and the FDA <laughs> and the DEA?
2: They have to do, but their hands are tied.
1: Yeah it's, yeah, it's. I struggle with that a lot. I mean, you're tasked to enforce the laws of this country, many of which you may not agree with, and you know that's, It was tough, definitely. Well, I, I guess you have
0: to be the kind of person to take
1: that job, right? <laughs> True. I mean, there's like in every walk of life, there's all kinds of law enforcement agents, officers. The majority, in my opinion, with working them are really good people. There's some that, yeah, that aren't. In it for the right
0: reasons, maybe. Yep. Yeah.
2: Maybe they're just finding themselves. I, 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 it's hard for me to believe, you know, since my consciousness, so it's hard for me to believe in really in bad people now. I know yeah. that's even fucked up to think, but it's hard for me to think of people bad. It's, they're misguided. Mm-hmm. They have wrong perceptions of what they think life is and what their happiness is. Perhaps.
0: Well, I would just challenge you on that with, you know, there's dark and light in the world. Man. Oh, no
2: doubt about you know? it.
0: So maybe there are people who are gravitated towards darkness and evil. And I don't know. Maybe that's just part of the balance of the universe.
2: No Nobody ever showed them the essence of the light. Yeah. Once you find the essence of the light, you can't run back. Yeah.
0: It's true. Jeff, it's got to be going down in the government, man. We got to have some light in there.
1: It'd yeah. be all dark. I mean, I think it, it comes from the top. I mean, I've been obviously very interested in this election in a couple of years. You start seeing some of these candidates and I think Kamala Harris, like yeah. very active. One of her big, you know, yeah. agendas is legal federal legalization of marijuana. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I thought there was a lot of momentum coming, you know, in previous administrations and it kind of slowed down with uh, with this one here. But yeah, Well, Trump
0: is kind of like, it seems like. He could be the guy to do it because he's crazy enough and he could see the business in it yeah. and the opportunity there. I was hoping that maybe that would be his golden star of achievement in his career as a president.
1: But I don't think it appeals to his base, right? And that's yeah, I know. obviously how he's governing now. I know, I know.
2: Well, some people need to talk to him and express to him that he's not even acting from the opinion of his base yet. It gives them an opportunity to say yes or no. He hasn't given that opportunity. You know we can get to call him is Dana. Dana still talks to him yeah, well, like pretty regularly. We should have Dana call. <laughs> him. <Gotta have laughs> Dana and let's him talk
0: a, to him. Give him yeah. a talk about cannabis. A little presentation. Um, oh well, it's been awesome having you on, man. Big time.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been great being here, Mike. I mean, I have so much respect for you. Just you know, growing up in high school in the mid late '80s and in college, your fights were events they were neighborhood get-togethers really celebrations hey, the never fight. the tyson fight like,
2: everybody tells oh, you that dude yeah you created so I much think about it like i so in my own was it's here yeah. in this moment in the square ring and nobody else fucking exists
1: yeah well that's how you had to be man I, i'll tell you another quick story which you did for me so you know your kids are always the last one to think you have any type of cool factor right and they keep you humbled and And mine certainly are like that. My middle one, Kira, who you met a couple weeks ago in Vegas. So we were driving into the office that day, and Dana's assistant calls me on the phone. So I put it on the speaker in the car, and she says, uh, her name's Dre. She goes, hey, Jeff, are you in the office? I said, no, I'm five minutes out. She said, oh, Mike Tyson and some business partners are meeting with Dana, and they want you to come in. I'm like, I'll be there in five minutes. I look over at my daughter, and her mouth is like on the floor, and she doesn't get excited about anything. She's like, Mike Tyson? That's awesome. I'm like, yeah. I go, Come with me. In the, I go, Dana is a real family guy. He won't mind. Just come in. And so she came in there and got to meet you. And for a second, at least, I was cool in the eyes of one of my kids. And That doesn't awesome. happen very God regularly. That's so thanks.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. That's so awesome. Uh, Jeff, have you ever been in contact with the NFL drug policy peeps?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, back in in the Balco days, there was some NFL players um, there. So, yeah, I know Adolfo Birch um, yeah, yeah. is the guy that kind of runs their program and, and good guy. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they have their own way of doing things and their own agenda. And, you know, we'll go to conferences and things like that together. But I don't know how much influence or I know I don't have any influence over over what the NFL, doing. what they do.
0: Do you guys share data on?
1: how many percentages of athletes getting busted and yeah so i think a real important thing of any anti-doping program is transparency and i think we have the most transparent program out there so unlike mlb or the nfl it's like hey this guy got suspended for four games and not saying why right we release all of our data so total number of tests total number of positives what the athlete tested positive for, I think that's important because trust. Trust is a big – if you don't have the trust of your athletes in a program, then I don't care how strong your program is, it falls apart because they may think in the NFL, you get a player saying, "Well, if Tom Brady tests positive, is he really going to be treated the same as you know the 45th man on the roster who's a special teams player? And there's no way of the NFL approving that because you can't see any of these numbers or what's going on in their program. So everything we do is absolutely wide out in the open.
0: It's great, man. Yeah, there's no trust between the league and the
1: players in the NFL. That's that's, uh, that's, that's what a, I've heard. Us those versus players them. I've talked to have told me the same. You know, yeah.
2: Why can It can never be trust because there's always someone that's not that's being so deceitful on one either, either one says is a player or either um, the the corporate. The owner. Know, somebody's always being dece- deceitful.
1: Yeah. Before I forget, Mark Ratner said yeah. to say hello to you.
2: And that's my man Mark yeah. Ratner. Listen, Mark Ratner, he ran um um the Vegas Athletic Commission for a hundred thousand years, oh, right? Wow. And he's just always been my friend. Always he's just um he's just very special. Yeah, you know, he's very special. You know he won't know he's in the room. He's nothing flamboyant, he's just He's just a good man.
1: But he did tell me a story. He fined you a little bit of money over something, right? He was always, he's like, I didn't know how Mike was going to react the next time no, I, I saw him, him after him. that.
2: love those guys, man. What did it, he have to find you for? Because I think I bit this motherfucker's <laughs> ear. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. But listen, um, people thought I took it personal with them. I didn't take it personal. I, they just took it so fucking long. Why don't you um, penalize me and let me go home? They took months and weeks to get this shit done. I know, oh. oh, God, take the money let me go. Government
1: <laughs> bureaucracy right yeah, there. Yeah, they
2: right? are killing me in the, the witness seat, it's killing me. It's uh, <laughs> killing me. You uh, <laughs> <laughs> know what, Jeff? That's Jeff, crazy. can I tell you? <laughs> you know what, Elster? From being an athlete, know what's the biggest um, cause for these um, enhancement drugs and stuff? Our pain. We're in a lot of pain, and we're lonely a lot. Yeah, a lot of athletes are real lonely.
0: Yeah, absolutely, real lonely. Well, that's what we talked about when we talked about you know addiction too, man. Just because you're in pain, and you feel isolated. You know, has nothing really to do with the drugs that you're taking. Mm-mm these addictive substances become addictive because of our own psychology around what the hole we have to fill in ourselves.
2: And we don't even know we have a hole. Yeah. We brought to the attention that we have a hole. We, we have a what? I, I don't have a hole, motherfucker. Fucking <laughs> hole you talking about. All right, y'all. But the one more before I go. Just let everybody know. Think sometime, who are you? Be in touch with who you are, because trust me, if you don't, at this stage, get in touch touch with who you are and get to know this person, who this is. I think it's a wasted life. Who are you? Where have you come from? Why are you here? What is your purpose, really? Who am I? I'm just somebody. My mother and father, they, my father and mother, was just horny one night, boom, and I came <laughs> up. It wasn't that they love each other. It wasn't love. They wanted the fucking. I came out, and um, what the hell happened? What was that purpose for? <laughs> <laughs> really, what was the purpose? What yeah, was my purpose here. What's
0: you came it? in. You came through that portal. I had no idea. It's that. Portal. Look at that number. That's from another dimension, dude. Prison. Eight zeros. than one. Yeah. Oh, really? Are we going to a
2: prison? I, I hope so. We can talk to some people and help some people. That'd be
0: lives. cool. Well, you heard it from Mike, y'all. Who are you? Ask yourself. Go deep. Question What's things. Purpose here?
2: What's my purpose? Um, I always wondered this: Who's the first me? Who's the first man in my family? Who hmm. is the first man? Where was he at? What year was he born? Before Christ? After? Yes, who was the first me? Who's my first nose come from? Where did I come from? The first person that was me. My my lineages, my bloodline—the first one. How many? How long was he? A
1: Probably goes years? back pretty far.
2: Two hundred million years. How long ago was he?
1: Have you traced back? How far have you been it's able to trace back family? <laughs> not far enough. Yeah. Yeah. i love it's that, still too. In, That's, that fascinates
2: it's still in the me. 20th, it's still in the 20th century, I think. 19th century, something like that. It's not even going over 300 years, 200 years. Yeah, not even yeah. Going
0: that far. I've gotten back to 1620s. Wow. Yeah. My first ancestor that came to America, her name is Mary Bliss Parsons. She came from England. And she came here in about 1624. She was on trial for witchcraft three times, yeah. got off.
1: How'd you yeah.
0: find that out? Uh, my grandmother actually, uh, late last year, started passing me all of this family lineage stuff because I think she's like, she wants to pass it on. And I'm the guy in the family that is sort of the center, the energy center of my family. So I'm the guy who's getting this information. It's really cool. You know, it's fascinating.
2: You know, I, I was one of the first male of my lineage, the first male of this lineage, whoever named, he probably wasn't even a black guy.
0: Hmm.
2: he probably was white he could have been an alien. who was he? the first one you know what I mean that turned me into this originally after all those millions of years hundreds of millions of years I came out like this
0: might have been an alien you bro
2: it, you never know who was that first person
0: yeah only, that first you know, being
2: only 1890 the 1889 we if he started filming documenting can you imagine that 1890 they started physically documenting besides before, you know, after writing,
0: isn't it interesting about man's need or, uh, gravitation to create like cave paintings, telling stories before we learned or started the capability of writing. I think like cuneiform or something in like ancient Mesopotamia or, um, what was that other civilization? Mike in Turkey on Turkey. Well, yeah, Atlantis. Atlantis.
2: Well, it was a, it's a civilization that's under Turkey. That's like 9,000 years old. That's older than Africa. Another country under Turkey. Africa's not the oldest country in the world. There's wow. countries under Africa and under other countries that's been here millenniums. We can't even explain to tell. We can't even explain who these people were. Yeah. We don't even understand the messages that they left us because we think we're so superior than them. We can't even figure out the message that they left us. Yeah, Stonehenge and all that stuff. We Stonehenge?
0: We haven't even figured huh. that out. Are those heads on Easter Island?
2: No, nobody knows anything. We don't know who we are. How are we going to figure out something else? We don't even know who we are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you have any thoughts on this? I was on the Great Wall of China <laughs> I was last 12. November. Oh, dude, that was up. Listen, it was took just, two
2: years to make. Just felt it. Years. I'm sorry, 2,000 it, years it, to make. It, it's incredible. 2,000 incredible, years to finish it. Without a doubt, the most incredible
1: man-made it. thing I've ever Seen, Witnessed, been a part of in my life it was i took that i left and got on a plane and flew back to vegas that night i walked into my house and said was i just walking on the great wall of china this morning is this or is this a dream it was, it was just really moving nothing's moved me like that
2: i did the thing that I did five miles on the great wall
1: wow really yeah i, I want to do that i got home called my mom and dad and they said hey do you remember the, the story that your grandmother and grandfather told you about that i'm like no, what was it? Wasn't. And they said in the early 70s, they were, they were retired and they would go on trips. They were one of the first American tour groups to go into Russia when it opened up. So they go over to China. They go on the Great Wall of China. Who's on the Great Wall with them when they're up there? Ali. Oh. I'm like, did they take a picture? And my mom's like, no, nah, it was before like, everybody's walking around with cameras. I'm oh. like, damn. That is a story right there. That's an amazing story.
0: When I went
2: to – um. When I went to Egypt, I saw the pyramids. I said, fuck.
1: Oh, I'd like
0: to see and that. It Alexander the Great,
2: Napoleon, all these guys that went here, they've been here. All of the great warriors before them and stuff that, you know, this is the place you had to conquer. You had to conquer, you know, the Romans, they had to conquer Egypt. That was the light at the time.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I want to go there really bad to Egypt and see that.
2: Yeah. I'd Rome is pretty awesome, too. Rome? Coliseum, yeah.
1: Yeah. Rome, Greece. I went – it was last year. In a period of two months, we were in Moscow, Russia for our first show there. So I'm in Red Square and inside the walls of the Kremlin. You can actually go in it. And then a couple of months later, I'm in Tiananmen Square.
2: I went to see Mao. Forbidden City. I went to see Lenin. Lenin's pretty cool in state, huh? See him in state.
1: We were reading about that going in there, and they've got people in the Russian army whose sole job is to take care of Lenin's body. So every, what, month or so, they bring him back underneath – underneath where the tomb tape is and, and work on them, put new skin on yeah, them, them up. clean them up. I mean, can you imagine that job? Crazy. What an order to be a part of. Oh. Right? That's crazy. They take that serious when you walk in that tomb, too. Like, I had I had my hands in my pocket, and there's soldiers there going, get
2: your hands out of your pocket. Like,
1: you better you be able to want anything. Well, I can
2: go there, too. It's like this. I went to Lin- the same thing. So it's a big line, right? So the guards with the gun, they stop the line. They go, like and I go in the front. They put me in the front so I could see the bodies and stuff. Then they let me out and stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. It's moving. You know, yeah, it's keep moving. Don't stop. Just keep it moving. It's looking at mouth. They look like fake skin and everything. Everything looks yeah. fake on them. Look like rubber.
1: How would you feel about that? About lying in state for for, forever? Yeah, just this is interesting. Keep you said
2: com- that my wife and I we went to Egypt, so we went to the um, museum and we saw the mummies laying. In- Tamosas III and all these guys, they got gold slippers on.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, like the thongs we wear, they're Ornate. gold. They're yeah. gold. Yeah. So, right, um, we look at them and then I'm saying to my wife, I said, with the ego that they had, they probably loved people watching them. And then my wife said, no, they didn't want people to be That's why they put them in the, the temple thing, because they didn't want people to gawk over them. Mm. You know what I mean? So he, my wife was really freaky and superstitious about gawking over them and stuff. But... um, it was a trip watching them. You know, I, I say to myself, this is interesting, too. You notice, like, in the Ten Commandments, you see Moses, they always have a staff? Yeah. Interesting. Only, really, the royals wore a the, were the staff. You know why? Because they were fucking inbreeding fucking their sisters and their mothers and their uncles and their fathers and everything, and they all had bad hips from it. So that's really why they had to the walk staff, most of them.
1: God. Could have used some THC to ease those pains. No, I'm right. going to tell you some
2: more stuff, too. So you look up, look up cocaine dummy. I, they have a, co- a dummy. They cut his hair. They checked him out. And so they found that he had cocaine and nicotine in the system. And they said there was no cocaine there unless it was an alien plant, ancient plant a long time ago. Uh-huh. And they cut it out because they must have seen what it done to you. Or may, maybe cocaine gave them the effect that they, go, they have an afterlife. Maybe. You know? But where did the... It's fucking the, dead, Mike. The, but it's anyway, where did the cocaine and the nicotine come from? 5,000 yeah, years ago in Egypt. Oh, we got
1: the drug testing guy <laughs> here. I don't think they were doing any drug testing back in those days. So. No
2: yeah, way. No. They were trying to figure out what is it. They are just so.
1: experimenting. Well, it's
0: interesting about the pyramids and the Sphinx. And I was listening to... These guys talk about how the geologists and the paleontologists disagree on the age of the sphinx. The, I saw that as well. The geologists say it has to be this rock is at least 30,000 years old. Really? They say yeah. it
2: was 5,000.
0: Yes, exactly. The paleontologists say no, it's 5,000 years old. Geologists go, no, this is thirty thousand years old, this structure. Wow. And because of like the depths and the excavation huh. that they've done, and it's just kind of mind blowing, man. And this guy, I've told you about him before, Mike, this guy, Thoth, the Egyptian god of wisdom, who is said to have come to Egypt to build the pyramids from Atlantis. He was an Atlantean priest who traveled to egypt when atlantis was taken over by a flood and uh this is in this book the emerald tablets that he wrote and the pyramids are above what is called the halls of amenti where he where you go to be reincarnated into the world so it's all i don't know man i mean we don't even know why the pyramids are there. Yeah, there's people buried in them, but, I mean, they had pharaohs buried 300 miles outside the city that they would take, you know, and hide them because they didn't want people looting their tombs. You know, because, like you said, Mike, everything was gold. They had these beautiful, ornate statues and things because they, need, they believed that these, their souls needed them to travel into the next life crazy they're maybe, still maybe, finding yeah
2: maybe please continue. No you What's go, that? sorry Mike. I was just saying maybe we are yes, so we are who we think we are. Yeah. When we like we like we went we took all that goal and stuff, maybe in then my my goal is following me. I'm, I'm going with my goal. But maybe we're not they're no longer in the physical world then. Mm-hmm. You know, they left the physical world behind and it was this um spiritual world.
1: Mm-hmm. It's crazy. All these things that we're still finding, all these clues that are on this planet to lead us, you know, to figure out where we came from, who we are. I saw something this week—the earliest footprint ever found. Mm. Somebody found this mm. footprint of a man and determined. Oh, shoot, how do they,
2: they a- determine if it's a man or woman footprint? The width, of the size? shape, or
1: size yeah. of the foot. Exactly. So wow. I mean, it's got me like walking around now, looking on the floor, like oh, I want <laughs> to find a footprint that's older than that. That's crazy. It's
2: an, um- I'm no, I'm just talking about um, from reasonable terms. I just know the Vikings were here yeah. for Christopher Columbus and all those guys because when you think about it, the Vikings came here with their swords and their mallets and all that warrior stuff, but the Indians had, you know, it was too many Indians at the time and they had their bow and arrows and stuff, but then they came back a thousand years later. Boom. What was 500, probably 1,000 years later, Christopher Columbus, yeah, now they got guns. So it's easier to take over now. Mm-hmm. It's easier. Before you split with the swords and the mountains, no, you're not going to do when they got 100,000 Indians with bones and arrows. Yeah. You know, so, and they, they also found the Vikings' home. They had built a home there, nomad style. Where at? North America, Greenland, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that.
0: Yeah. Again, Jeff, awesome to have you here, today Thank you guys very much for awesome. having me. We really Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, man.
2: Bring tickets home,
0: brother. All right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Uh, you can find all our episodes there. Head to hotboxingpodcast.com for our website. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Good. Hotboxingpodcast.com. And uh, that's about it, y'all until next time. I'm Evan Britton and I'm Mike Tyson. This is Jeff Nowitzki. We're out of here.
2: Bye.
3: Hi, this is Danny roof, the real GM radio podcast. And I want to take a minute to talk about Deandre Ayton The number one pick of the 2018 draft... Definitely has not gotten the attention of high-profile lottery picks Luka Doncic and Trey Young during the early going, but he has been excellent and a key part of the Phoenix Suns being on the precipice of the NBA Finals. Aiton is presenting a matchup nightmare for the LA Clippers that Rudy Gobert simply was not. Gobert is a wonderful player, deserving Defensive Player of the Year, but Ayton puts more pressure on opposing defenses. He's used his size mismatches for offensive rebounds, and he's also been able to contest shots around the basket and make life hard on the Clippers there too. So it is a huge performance for him, averaging... 20 points, 13 and a half rebounds through the first four games of the series. And it's been so exciting to see a physically talented player really come into his own on the brightest stage so far of his career. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on the pro basketball, hockey playoffs, and Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.net has all the action. Basketball, the playoff battles continue as their teams make the run for the championship. America's pastime is in full swing. And let's not forget about hockey's chase for the cup. BetOnline has you covered. If you love golf, MMA, championship boxing, they have that too. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports, the news, scores, and odds. So head to the website, use your mobile device, and bring home the game with BetOnline.net.